Well, good morning, Capital Vineyard family. It's good to see you all again this morning. Um, I wish I could really see you in person. And, and for those of you uh, who may be joining us who are not Capital Vineyard family, good morning to you as well. Um, I, I just have a couple of announcements that I want to get to you, a little bit of information that I want to get to you before I pass this on over to Daniel Rogers this morning uh, for him to bring us the message. So just a little bit of information. Um, and all of this information... Uh, all, all comes back to one single thing, and that is the email that we've got going out on a regular basis. We send out a weekly announcement email at the beginning of the week, and then at the end of the week, we send out uh, a second email, uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, that is uh, uh, about the content of the service for Sunday morning. So yesterday, you would have gotten an email uh, in the afternoon or in, or in the evening that had a playlist of all the songs we're gonna we're singing together for worship. Um, it's a link to a YouTube playlist, and and then we can sing all of those songs together. Uh, we don't really have the capacity to be recording our own worship team and doing it well, and so we just find that it's easier and it's gonna work better for us in order to uh, to, to to actually enjoy the the worship and and listen. God can meet you in your living room. Absolutely, uh, I've been blown away by the 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 intimate. Um, times of worship that we've been able to have as a family sitting on our couch, singing songs to, uh, to, to somebody who's playing on the screen. It's really been incredible to experience. So I would, I would advise you, you know, check that email. If we don't have your email address, you're not gonna be getting this information. So send that to info at capitalvineyard.org. Info at capital info, or excuse me, info at capitalvineyard.org, and then we can get you on that email list to be getting you those those playlists. Also, any information about what might be happening new in the service, because what happened this morning that you may not be aware of is that we had kind of a pre-service block party, and uh, uh, block is B L O C party. We we kind of developed that in the last uh, couple of months for. Uh, the, the idea of building life outside church, BLOC. And really those block parties are just kind of a way for us to, to be intentional about getting together, mixing up different groups of, of people who might be uh, having different interests that we didn't know about and that kind of thing. So, so really it was, it was just kind of a community building thing. Well, before service this morning at 9.30, we set up a Zoom meeting um, and, and we got to interact with one another. And if you weren't able to be a part of that because you didn't know that was going on, well, uh, that's why we want to get you that information so that you can experience kind of getting together and hanging out. I know it's not like being together here in the lobby, uh, but, but it is just kind of a way for us to get together and communicate, to actually see one another's faces live, not a recording, um, and, and really just get to interact that way. So, so be sure to check your emails, um, and, and if we don't have your email address, be sure to get that to us so that we can be getting you that information, because that is really a primary way for us to be communicating and contacting you kind of in this time of social distancing right now. Um, the last thing that I want to let you know about is that, I don't know if you're aware, but, but Easter is next week. It's kind of crazy, I know. Easter is next week. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And while we're not going to be able to be together to enjoy this incredible holiday, uh, we're not going to be able to be together to, to worship together and to celebrate uh, the risen Christ, that doesn't mean that you can't experience Easter and the risen Christ and, and our Savior who has done so much for you there in your home. 
So I would just invite you to, to be thinking, um, starting with tomorrow morning, how can you be intentional to experience Easter in your home? Be thinking about it every single day of the week, leading up to Friday, Good Friday, then, then following a Resurrection Sunday. Um, how can you be intentional? How can you be celebrating with your family in your own home? Because the reality is we may never, ever experience an Easter Sunday like this in our lifetime ever again. So let's make it one that's memorable. Let's not focus on the, 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 the downside of things. Let's focus on the opportunity that this can be for us to, to really celebrate and focus and be intentional with our own families. If you don't have a family at your home to celebrate with, get on the phone and call somebody and talk to somebody, uh, text them, communicate with them over social media, but be intentional about celebrating Easter. We've got some really cool things uh, coming up. We'd like to be able to take communion together. Um, so information about that is gonna be happening in that email. Um, but but we really just, I, I really just want to express to you, this is an opportunity for us to be intentional about something that we may never get to experience again. So let's celebrate it in a way that we will never get to celebrate again. I think Daniel's got a great word for us this morning. Let's throw it on over to him and, uh, and hear what the, the word is that God has given him for us this morning. God bless you. I love all of you. Good morning, Capital Vineyard family. My name is Daniel Rogers, and I'm excited to get the opportunity to share with you all today. I really hope you took the time this morning to, to have some worship before we start the message. And I just want to let you all know that I miss seeing you all every Sunday and, and getting to, to hang out with everybody. But it is nice still seeing that we can come together online spend some time together, and take the opportunity to uh, drop some messages on our Facebook page and check on everybody, send some texts, some messages, just to see how everybody is doing. And, you know, I still love hearing how God is working through the people in our church. And I'm just, I know it's a tough time, but it's, it's exciting seeing God still moving. Well, last week, Pastor Justin finished up the Next Step series, and in it, he talked about the different ways that uh, when we walk with God, we can continue to take some next steps and grow. He talked about how we can begin to walk in healing, grace, faith, our calling, and some other important things when we're on our walk with God. Well, today's not a part of the Next Step series, but it's going to kind of go along with that same theme and uh, I'm going to talk about the next step that we should be taking. But before I do, I've got a question for you. Who likes music? Now, I'm pretty sure all of us like music. I can listen to just about anything except for like twangy and contemporary country and Tom Petty. But yeah, I'm sure we all love to sing along with songs when we're in the car, when we're in the shower, when we're with each other. And we all have those songs that are super important to us. You know, that song that uh, we fell in love to or that song that gets us pumped up for the big game or the song that, you know, kind of takes us back to, to a fun time in our childhood. And, you know, my song, I have that song, and it's The Climb by Miley Cyrus. I've even done an interpretive dance to it, and it doesn't matter where we are. If that song comes on, 
it, it's, it's going to come out because that song means a lot to me. And, and also, as a parent, it's fun to embarrass our children. You know, it used to be like every Wednesday night when we were coming to church, uh, Side to Side by Ariana Grande would come on, and, and there's a dance that goes to it on a bicycle, and there were a lot of Wednesday nights pulling into youth group where I would turn the radio up, and there was a battle between Malin and I of rolling the windows up versus rolling the windows down. And before life got flipped upside down like it is right now, we've been having a game night at our house on the weekends, and we started playing this game called Encore. And the way Encore works is uh, you have uh, teams or individuals, and you get a word. And what you have to do is you have to sing six consecutive song lyrics that have that word in it. Uh, For example, uh, you get the word baby. Well, first thing I went to was vanilla ice ice baby. Vanilla ice ice baby. There, I've got my eight words. And then the next person could go like, Mary, did you know that your baby boy? You hit those words. And then somebody's going to get super creative and probably use baby by Justin Bieber which goes, baby, 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 ooh, baby, baby, baby. Who would have thought? Now, what I want you to do right now, I'm sure you've got some songs coming into your mind that you think I should do. Drop them in the comments. And what I hope to is one day that we can all get together and uh, play this game. But it's funny how a word can trigger a song to come into our mind. Uh, have you ever messed up a song lyric, though? Uh, back when my, my kids were younger, there was a song by uh, the great uh, musician Fitty Scent that was called In the Club, and it had this real bump and intro, and it said, Go shoddy, it's your birthday. Well, one night on the way to soccer practice, uh, we're having just a little, a little mini jam party there in the car, and the song comes on, and we've got it pumped up, and we're all just nodding along with it. And then all of a sudden, my oldest daughter, Kemper, goes, go Charlotte, it's your birthday. Well, I mean, we lock up the brakes, we turn the radio off, and just like in a movie, you could hear all of our heads just, when we looked at her to see what she said, and she, she looked at us like, what? And, you know, we're having a good time laughing about it, and to this day, we still talk about it, and she was wondering why 50 Cent was singing to somebody named Charlotte because she knew she was right. But what I want you to think about right now is how many songs do you know the lyrics to, if not the full song? And, and how do we learn these lyrics? Well, a lot of times it's just from listening to the song over and over and over. And then back in the day, you couldn't wait to get the cassette or the, the album so that you could have the lyrics on the jacket so you could really learn them. Now, don't you wish that there were some things in life that were a lot easier to memorize or things that were as easy to memorize as song lyrics are, like, like dates, like recipes, like uh, terms and conditions, the real rules to Uno. What about scriptures? How many scriptures have you memorized? I've heard different people say that you should have one scripture memorized for every year that you've been saved. So, JD, I guess you pretty much know the whole thing, right? You know, but I'm hoping some of you are starting to think, well, 
I, I know this scripture, and you're starting to kind of kind of catalog what you've got up there right now, but is scripture easy to memorize? For me, it's, it can be kind of difficult. It sounds simple, but for a lot of people, it's a struggle. So today, I'm going to be talking about a next step that we need to take when we're moving into all these things that Pastor Justin has been teaching us about, and that's committing Scripture to memory. So we're going to be looking at today some reasons why that's important. So we're going to go on and get started. The first, one of the first reasons that we should memorize Scripture is because it gets in our spirit. Now, have you ever been in a situation where a certain song just speaks to you, like when you're in a bad spot or, and you need cheering up or something like that. I, I know the, a lot of the songs that we sing here in church can do that. And the song that I think of all the time is, I belong to you. And the line that says, you know, the enemy can't take what I have, change who I am because I belong to you. That's powerful. That really speaks to me. But do you have a scripture like that, one that really speaks to you? Yeah, I believe that every one of us should have some scriptures or a passage of scripture that we kind of feel is our mission statement. It really speaks to us. And after I finally got serious and knew that I wanted to be a follower of Christ, one of the first verses that really spoke to me was 2 Timothy 2.15, and it says... Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and correctly handles the word of the truth. This told me that I don't have to measure up to someone else's Christianity. They don't set the bar for what I have to do, that I'm to do my best when I present myself to God and I'm to correctly handle his words. So one of the next steps that my wife and I did is we, we joined a class, a Bible class called Instay. And one of the things we had to do in there was memorize a scripture a week. And I thought that was gonna be simple. It turned out to be a lot more challenging but it got to be kind of fun after a while, and we would push each other. And it seemed like whatever we were studying for that section would really speak to me. And that kind of made me think of this, this meme I saw the other day. And, and do y'all remember sword drills? You know, growing up in, in church, a lot of times they would want us kids and, a, and the youth to memorize the books of the Bible. And what's the one way they wanted us to do that? It made it easy was a song. Think, think of that. Some of you all probably know that song. I'm not going to sing it. No, no, I'm not going to sing it, but it's like, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. And then when you get through all the first and seconds, and then it'll go, well, that's all the first and seconds. You know, now we don't even really worry with memorizing the books of the Bible. Do you remember when our teachers would always tell us that, well, you're not always going to have a calculator on you. Most of us have too. We have our watch and our phone, and we don't really have to memorize Scripture now because a lot of times we have a computer in our pocket, and we can just look up whatever we need to. Now, I don't know if you knew this or not, but it was customary uh, in the first century that Jewish boys would have to memorize the first five books of the Bible or the Torah. Could you imagine our kids having to do that now? But that type of commitment 
at a young age really puts the word in you. But think of all the stuff that our kids have to memorize at school now. What if we started adding some scripture and some things like that to challenge them? I got an idea. Let's make that part of some of these NTI days. But what if the adults ourselves, if we started to challenge ourselves to memorize more scripture? Psalm 119 verse 10 and 11 says, With all my heart I seek you. Do not allow me to stray from your commands. In my heart I store up your words so I might not sin against you. So one way to store up God's word in our heart is to memorize it. But not really just memorize it, but to learn it. So that we can store up his word in our hearts. And where our heart is where our life is, why not put the source of life in there as well? And when you commit scripture to memory, it doesn't just speak to why we are, but it can also speak to who we are in Christ as well. And another reason to memorize scripture is, you know, it's important because Just like a situation can cause a song to pop into our minds, maybe now situations can cause Scripture to come up. And not just words or paraphrases, but whole Scriptures. And not just situations in our lives, but maybe some situations in other people's lives as well. And that brings us to our second point today. When we memorize Scripture, we can use God's Word to help. So, why is God's Word important? Well, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So it's good for a lot of things. And did you know that the Greek word that is used for teaching there is padean, which translates to discipline development. So that kind of made me think of like a job. You know, do you have to memorize facts, figures, specifications, codes, laws, anything like that for your work? Uh, At my old job, uh, I had to know all kinds of state specifications. And it came in real handy knowing them so that if I was in the field or I was in a situation where I didn't have it with me, it it would make it so much easier on me because I knew it. So why is knowing the word important? Well, one reason is so we can use it correctly. You know, use it the right way when someone is hurting or in trouble or confused or lost. Knowing Scripture is a vital part of ministering to others because you never know when the opportunity is going to arise to either share our faith with someone else or even lead someone to Christ. So thinking about sharing our faith with someone, 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So one way to be prepared to share is to know what we're talking about. Now, I'm not saying you need to have hundreds and hundreds of scriptures memorized that's going to speak to any situation But like I mentioned earlier, you have that mission statement scripture or that passage that you can always use to share your faith with someone else. That's why 2 Timothy 2.15 is so important to me because when someone's new or they want to know about my faith, I can let them know that I don't have to measure up to what someone else says I need to be doing. All I can do is my best. And when you talk about leading someone to Christ, have you ever heard of the sinner's prayer? 
Well, that's not actual scripture, but it comes from Romans 10, 9 and 10 that says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Knowing that passage can make the biggest difference in someone's life. The moment you get to share that with somebody can be in an instant, but it's huge. If you're thinking about memorizing scripture, this might be one of the ones that I start with. Now, I, I talked a little earlier about we need to know how to use scripture correctly. And a problem in today's society is that we can take motivational quotes and confuse them with scripture. Did you know that the Bible never says God gives his toughest battles to his toughest soldiers? Now, we'll use that sometimes to maybe make somebody feel a little better about the situation they're in, but that's not scripture. And a lot of people talk about, well, judging others. Well, you have to be dangerous there. You need to read that whole passage because what comes before that and what comes after that is vitally important. And, you know, I've heard Christians say these quotes and either precede it or follow it with, well, the Bible says. And as a new Christian, I was guilty of this. A lot of times I would just repeat what I heard someone say and confuse it with scripture. And I was actually quoting them and not saying what the Bible actually said. And I'm not saying that to condemn anybody because I'm guilty of it. I'll be one of the first ones to say it. But I wanna do that to challenge us to use God's word correctly when we're trying to fix someone's situation or try to help someone out. And we have to be careful that we don't use quotes and paraphrases because it can be dangerous. Because there's, there may come a time when we're going into battle and we have to have God's word with us. Which brings us to our third point, God's word helps us win. You know, Jesus quoted scripture frequently in his ministry. Uh, in fact, he quoted from 24 different books of the Bible roughly 180 times. So Jesus considered God's word a vital part of his ministry, so we should too. And Jesus did all that without Bible Gateway. But scripture is important uh, when any situation that we're in. So what do we need when we feel like we're most under attack? Well, we need God's word. I can guarantee you that you can defeat Satan using God's word. And you want to know how I know that? Jesus used God's word to defeat Satan. We're going to be looking in Matthew 4, starting in verse 1, and it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 8 there. In verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, 
He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. That comes from Deuteronomy 6. And then in verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That comes from Deuteronomy 6 as well. And in verse 11, then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. So this passage here goes to show us that Satan will twist God's word to try to get us to sin. But when we use God's word correctly, he'll go away. So if God's word is good enough for Jesus to defeat the enemy, then it's good enough for us to use as well. When you're facing down that situation that doesn't seem like you're ever gonna win, start to speak God's word to it and see what will happen. You know, Jesus used the scriptures to defend himself against Satan's lies, but did you know that we can also use them as an offensive weapon? Now, most of us have heard about if not colored countless pages about the armor of God that's listed in Ephesians 6. And in that, it tells us that we have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Now, there is one major difference between all of these things, between one of them and the other five. And that's the sword of the spirit that's listed in verse 17. The sword is offensive. It's an offensive weapon. Everything else that is listed is used to defend ourselves or protect us, but the sword allows you to go on the attack. So looking at these passages in Matthew and Ephesians, we know that we can use scripture to combat the lies of the enemy the thoughts he puts in our, in our minds and the pain and the suffering that he likes to inflict on us. But here's the thing. When these attacks happen, rarely is he gonna give us time to look up the correct scripture. So memorizing scripture is vitally important, especially when we find ourselves under attack and when that time that we need to use it instantly and effectively. So, there are so many reasons for us to memorize Scripture, and we've looked at a few of those today. So, my challenge to you is begin to think about memorizing more. Not that you can impress anyone, though I may have used it a time or two in youth group to impress one, one certain girl didn't really work. But, no, you need to memorize it so that you have the effective tools and weapons when we go into battle. Colossians 3.16 tells us to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Deuteronomy 6 tells us to bind God's law on our foreheads, teach it to our children, talk about it wherever we go, and make it an integral part of our lives. This is important as we go through our life. So, next steps. What does next steps mean to you? 
As we've gone through the next step series, it's made me think that I have to keep taking steps. There are always next steps that I can take to grow me in my faith and to make me an effective minister of Christ. You know, this is a journey that we're all on together. We're on it with Christ, and we are constantly taking next steps. And with our next steps, we should begin to grow in confidence. Confidence in not only who we are in Christ, but in what Christ wants to do in us and through us as his ministers. And when we can start to let God's word get into us and speak to us, we can begin to walk in more and more confidence as we continue to take these next steps. So it's important, it's so important to make sure that we're letting God's word get into our spirits so that when the time arises and we need it, we know how to use it effectively. God bless you all, and we'll see you next week.